Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, the number one best-selling author of Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And in case you didn't know, we actually have a totally revamped website. It looks similar to before, but uh, more organized, believe it or not, in the back end. <laughs> if you don't already have a copy of my book, you can get an ebook version, or you can actually even get it on any of the retailers because I have $1,000 worth of bonus gifts for you. When you do that, just go to KarenCan.com, and then you'll see that near the top uh, where you can get your bonus gifts, and that includes meditations, MP4s, some classes, and some contributions from some of my favorite people, friends of mine in the healing and coaching world. So that's at KarenCan.com, and would love for you to definitely harness your sensitivity as a superpower. So today I have a very special guest and one of the topics that has been really popular but also very necessary to talk about, you know, is how do we go from turmoil to peace, like inner turmoil to inner peace. And today we'll be speaking with Ann Hintz and she has a very interesting story because, you know, people have been traumatized even just in the last couple of years with with the, the pandemic, uh, but also all this old stuff is coming up because the current feeling of what's going on tends to sometimes awaken some old stuff that we haven't actually healed, at least in my personal perception. So when Anne, my guest, was 19, she woke up one morning to find her mother dead in her bathroom. Like many of us can't say that happened to us, right? So 20 years later, you know, the tears from that trauma were still just under the surface. And she found a simple technique that helped her release these emotions, but she went further and can now put her awareness inside her body. And I love this part because some of what I teach really, you know, correlates with that. Uh, and, you know, it's changed the bone structure of her skull. She's grown a half an inch at the age of 55, where most people are shrinking, right, because they're getting crushed by the gravity. Um, and she's found that seeking out our truth, what we truly feel, and accepting those feelings is the key to inner peace. And today we're going to be talking about um, this, you know, how do we go to that place of inner peace because a lot of people are like, oh, it's too stressful out here. It's too stressful. I can't get peaceful. It's too stressful. So she's going to share with us some of what she's learned, very valuable lessons along her journey and some of the techniques that she uses. And then the most exciting part for me is about that deep awareness where it can go. And I'm really big into fascia and connected tissue these days. <laughs> Many of you know from my various uh, videos about you know fascia this, fascia that, right? And um, the fascia is an incredible organ, uh, incredibly light uh, information. There's so much I'm still learning about it, even on the spiritual basis. Um, so I'm excited to learn how that worked for her, how she could grow, you know, and, and change her skull. So in this show, we're going to talk about what awareness actually means and how to tell how aware you are, um, how to get in touch with your emotions, even if they seem scary um, on the outset, and how to find or create inner peace, and then how to develop insight and the ability to sense inside the body and that's super like I said very very exciting uh, for us to talk about that today so you can find my guest at anhints.com that's a-n-n-h-i-n-c-e all one word dot com and we'll be talking about her book as well uh, which you can get on Amazon it's called a pathway to insight recapture your childhood buzz so without further ado hello and welcome to the show hi thank you it's great to be here I love that introduction I'm excited by it <laughs> <laughs> That's great. 
great. <laughs> I know. I, I, I sometimes get energetically riled up, and then it, like, entrains everybody I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so they get excited too. Um, uh, yeah. So, so Anne, I mean, your story was pretty intense. Let's just say. I mean, very few of us can talk about. Wow, when I was 19, like, what was I doing? I was going, you know, getting ready for college. I mean, I was being annoyed by my parents and vice versa, right? But if you could, could you walk us through what it was like then, and then your journey. Okay, yeah, so that was kind of the, the combination of the traumas from childhood. You know, it started out when I was born, I was actually born with my right foot up against my right shin. So I had physical therapy for the first six weeks of my life. And then I was given up for adoption at six weeks old. So I was given up for adoption into a family that had just suffered a trauma because they had my uh, two-year-old boy that they had adopted. And then they adopted a another little girl and they had her for six months and the mother changed her mind. The birth mother changed her mind. So they took that child back and I was the replacement into the family for that girl that they had just lost. Oh boy. So obviously, you know, it it, it would be hard for my mother in that situation to fully attach to me because she would be afraid that I would also be taken away. Mm. So, you know, that subconscious trauma, I know we're not consciously aware at the beginning, at least, of how that kind of thing affects us. But I did work out down the road how that was affecting me. And then we moved around the world. And at the age of nine, I actually lived in Hong Kong. And I was sent to boarding school in England. And I was sent to my brother's boarding school, which is a boys' boarding school. Okay. I was the first girl boarder at a boys' boarding school. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah, someone said to me, well, that could be fun. But it was not fun. Oh, no, <laughs> I was no, teased. No, I was teased. Yeah, I was teased mercilessly for two years. And then I went to a girls' boarding school. <laughs> and then it was during those teenage years that both of my parents became alcoholics. My dad already had anger issues, so I was used to walking on egg- eggshells around him. Yep. Um, but then they just, they just both drank more and more. And um, we found out that my mother had cancer. She had throat and lung cancer from, I believe, drinking and smoking. Mm. Um, and then that one morning I did wake up and find her dead in the bathroom because uh, one of the tumors in her throat had burst. So that was pretty traumatic. But, you know, at the time I didn't know what to do about it. I didn't know I could do anything other than what I did, which was just carry on with life. You know, it was the water that I swam in. I had no idea that therapy existed or that you could actually – do something with those feelings and those emotions other than just suppress them, which is what I'd done my whole life. So I just carried on doing the same thing. Wow. So it wasn't until I was in my late 30s that I had a kind of business altercation with a couple of other mothers. They thought I'd done something wrong. I didn't think I'd done anything wrong, but my mind just spun over and over and over what had happened. I couldn't get it out of my mind. And I couldn't sleep for days. And that's when I realized, you know, I don't think other people would react this way. This seems like it's a little over the top. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's when I realized, oh, maybe, maybe there's something in my childhood because it kind of felt a little bit like how I would react when my dad would say I'd done something wrong. Uh-huh. So that was the first inkling. And it took till my late 30s to actually discover that. Well, you know, many of us uh, don't even get 
even close to that. <laughs> you know, when we, you know, I, I know people a lot older than that. I mean, actually in my 30s, I was just starting to get sick, so. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess it's, yeah, we all take different signs. And some of us never get there, right? My brother never did. He actually went mm. down the smoking and the drinking route, and he's already oh. passed away in his oh. early 50s. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I was lucky. Oh my gosh. So what did you do after, you know, this Yeah, right. So it was around that time frame. I, I can't remember exactly, but I ended up going to a doctor's appointment and I don't remember why. But he recognized I was more stressed than I should be. I was a stay at home mother with two young boys, so it shouldn't have been too bad. But he did recognize I, I was more stressed. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, I, I know, did yeah, that's why Sorry, sorry. I always put that disclaimer there, it's like, because, you know, it can be really stressful, but, but he kind of knew me, he was actually a parent at school, so he, he, ah. he kind of knew me from outside as well, and he knew I shouldn't really be that stressed, so he asked me on a scale of 0 through 10 how stressed I was, and I said it was an 8, and then he asked me why, and that's when I knew it was my mother's death two decades earlier at this point, because the tears were still just under the surface. I only had to think about it for a moment and the tears would come to my eyes. So he actually knew this technique. He called EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique. It's also called tapping. And he tapped with me for about 15 minutes on my mother's death. And I walked away from that appointment being able to tell the story of her death in my mind without the tears there anymore, without the emotions. And, and so I knew, it's like, wow, that was the first time I really realized that we keep these emotions stuck in our body and that we can just let them go. And it was huge. Mm, that is huge. And, and the cool thing is, you know, this technique, which, um, you know, I, I taught many years ago, a long, 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 long time ago, it's free. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's all you spend, like, tens of thousands of dollars on some fancy therapist or machine or anything like that. You know, it's, it's accessible to pretty much everyone. So exciting. It is. Yeah. Gary Craig, who developed it, gave it away for free. So that's what I did. I went home and I learned how to do it. And, you know, I have an engineering background. I was a software engineer. And I like to know something really works before I spend time actually working on it. So I thought I needed a, like a test case. So at the time I had a 17-year-old cat at home. And we were told that he needed to have a daily saline shot because his kidneys were starting to fail. Mm. So the first time I gave him a shot, my hand was just shaking so much. I was so afraid of giving him this shot. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it every day, not that way. So I thought, well, this is a great test case, so let me tap about it. So I tapped about all aspects of it. I tapped about my hand shaking. I tapped about my fear of hurting him, my fear of giving this shot and about my history around shots, because I'd had lots of injections because it lived all over the world. Okay. And the next day, when I gave him the shot, the needle just slid right in. All that fear that I had been holding inside of me had just disappeared. So that showed me that, you know, there's freedom on the other side, where once you get beyond the fear and you just let it go, you let that tension go out of the body, there's freedom on the other side. And it, was, it just blew my mind. And that's when I realized that EFT is a deceptively powerful technique. It doesn't look like it's doing much. And I think that's why really a lot of people actually don't continue with it because they don't recognize how powerful it is. 
and and many people have actually created other um, I don't know if you call it versions of it that really works as well. Like I think Dr. Daniel Benor, he was working with really really disturbed teens, and they they were just let's just say they just weren't going to do it the way that you know was taught. So he used a, a technique where, you know, because these guys are in juvie, these guys are in jail, you know what I mean? Um, so he used a technique where they just just tap their, the side of their leg or something like that. Like it's just something just really benign. It just looks like you're fidgeting. And you know what? It worked. <laughs> um, <laughs> other people, you know, they couldn't remember where the point, and I am, you know, they're like, just tap your heart. And that worked. So I think it's just amazing how these simple things can be so profound. And you're right. Um, I don't often necessarily remember to use that technique. I have other things that I do, but sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I could have just done that, you know, um, because, it, you know, it would have been just sometimes faster. <laughs> right. Um, and a couple of things I've recognized over the years is like, the, the key parts, the, the physical aspect of it, because I do think we're tapping into where I believe everything is stored, that the emotions are stored in the connected tissue. So we're tapping with EFT, we're actually tapping on the ends of meridian systems, which is through, which is through the connected tissue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also, we're actually accepting the thoughts and the feelings that we're experiencing. We're not trying to suppress them, we're actually trying to find our truth. Like, how am I really feeling? Am I Am I feeling angry? Am I feeling sad? And allowing those feelings to be okay. That's huge. And tapping. Yeah, pause you just there because I I want Uh to circle back to this place because I remember um, when I was, you know, in these little workshops and I was sharing with people, you know, this technique or whatever, uh, and we kind of did the classic way, you know, even though I, da-da-da-da-da, you know, I totally love and appreciate myself. So when we would say, even though I'm angry or even though I feel angry about blah, 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 you know, some of the students would be like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to put out there a negative statement. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to say something negative, you know, or even though, you know, this cancer hasn't healed yet, you know, like whatever it was they were working on. So I'd love for you to address that piece because I know that's going to be a question like, I don't want to put negative words out there in the universe uh, in, in order just to tap on that. I don't want to, you know, amplify it, if you will, or pay attention to it, because what you attend to, there's more energy flow. So maybe you can explain that. Right. Absolutely. And I remember feeling the same way, too. But what I've realized, and, and we'll talk through this more as we go deeper into my story, is that it's only the negative that is actually stored in the body. And once we fully accept the negative, whatever it is. It's the full acceptance of it that allows it to release. So yes, we don't want to, you know, think the negative over and over again while we're not doing anything. But while we're tapping or these other, any other technique that works similarly, that's actually releasing it from the body. So it's a very different, it's very subtle, but it's very different. We don't want to, we don't want to put that out there but we also don't want it left in the body. So I work, I, I think of it through the law of attraction. And the way I think of the law of attraction is slightly different. I'm not thinking about it in terms of manifestation. I'm just thinking about it in terms of the law of the universe, right? I believe that every second of every day it's working. And we, the whole of us is a signal. So everything about us is yes. a signal. It's our hair, it's our clothes, it's our size, it's our gender. But and we'll talk again about this very late, much near the end. The biggest part of our signal is the tension we store inside of us 
from our past. Mm. That is changing our signal to an extent that I had no idea about, and I think most people have no idea about, right. but it is changing our signal a huge amount. So the, the most beneficial thing we can do is let go of our history, the tensions that we store inside of us, so that then we are changing our signal, and we're actually then attracting a very different future to us. Mm, yeah, I believe the same thing as well. At least, you know, that's what's proven to me in my everyday life. And that resonance, uh, it's almost like these past traumas, and sometimes they're buried so deep you don't even feel it. Like you literally have to sometimes go searching for them uh, if it's not like the immediate thing, like being annoyed at the grocery store clerk or whatever, you know. <laughs> um, and, and this resonance can become like almost like a distortion of who we really are and so when we can address it and release it from the body then our who we really are can shine through absolutely absolutely yes we'll talk that let's let's come back to that spiritual aspect at the end of the story too because that will that will tie in with what i'm going to say yeah so, so keep going so what i did i started using eft during the day i started noticing when i was emotional which in itself is a big step right because when it's hard to actually distance ourselves from what's happening to actually realize we're emotional. So I would start tapping during the day when I found myself becoming emotional. And I, I started to see things changing a little bit. My mind started to become a little quiet. I became a little less reactionary, and I wanted more. So I knew there was a technique where you could actually write down every memory. So I wrote down every emotional memory I could think of from my childhood. So that's all the big traumas, but also all the little traumas, anything someone said that hurt me, I wrote them all down, and I tapped through one each night for about an wow. hour to an hour and a half each night. So and wait, as wait, I did how this... How many was that? Because I was thinking that could be like a tome in and of itself. Like that could be like a book, you know, for the average person. So Yeah, it was several like pages. Okay. Yeah, several pages. And, you know, as you, as you do this work, think you're... It's opening up the subconscious mind. So actually more memories come to you. So I would add things to the list as I would go. Gotcha. But as I, as I was doing this, I found my mind becoming quiet. You know, and, and at one point I remember opening my kitchen door and saying to myself, it feels like I'm living in a different reality because the words, the voice in my mind, the other that used to criticize me and judge other people and was always there talking to me, it had disappeared. And I realized that that voice, those words, had been my dad's words that I had programmed into myself in childhood, and I just replayed them over and over. But I had no idea that that was even happening until it was gone, and I could actually look back and say, oh, yes, that's what it was. Wow. That's intense and brilliant. <laughs> I love that you could feel the difference. You know, like it was a real appreciable difference. Yeah, well, I mean, I've heard some people who said they, you know, they've been meditating for like 20 years and they still have a busy mind. And I, I didn't, I wanted something faster than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's so fun to actually, you know, experience it happening and experience, you know, once we change our signal, new thoughts come in. To experience new thoughts that you've never experienced before, it's also really fun. Oh, yeah, that's great, because they say 80% of the thoughts are the ones we thought, we thought the day before and the day before the day before. So when you're clearing right. out all this old stuff, it makes a lot of sense that all of a sudden there's this vacuum, and, all, and, and it's not a negative thought that pops in. 
necessarily. Right, and I believe we're tuning in. I know Abraham Hicks talks about um, you know, we're tuning into the thoughts, right? So as our vibration raises, as we let go of the tension, we become more aligned, we're tuning in at a different level. So we pick up on different thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, yeah. My I husband was, and I in, was just talking about that that too because you know something would happen, and uh, he he would have uh, in, in this particular case I had knee jerk reaction about you know saying something negative about oh I bet you this is going to happen whatever, and thinking that I was thinking the same thing and I was like oh you know I never thought of that I was thinking this instead, and he'd be like <laughs> oh man how did you get that thought <laughs> like you know. What I mean? Uh, that's funny that my automatic thought was something bad was going to happen. Your automatic thought was like, it was good. Okay, that's that's different. Okay. Right. So isn't that fun? So with something like EFT, you you don't want him to suppress the thought he had, right? So right. you would actually tap on that thought, on that negative thought, on the negative words to allow the tension underneath that thought to dissipate, mm. and then new thoughts can come in. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, I'll carry on. Yes, absolutely. So, I I, I kept wanting more each time. You know, it it felt so good. I wanted things to keep going. So, I realized that it's an expansion of awareness. So, to begin with, I hadn't been aware of how I felt. I I wasn't aware of my emotions if someone asked me how I was feeling. So, I started to become aware of my emotions. And then I realized underneath every emotion is a set of physical sensations. So we use like words like frustration or anger or sadness, but what we're really describing is a set of physical sensations, right? Because mm-hmm. we'll, we might see someone holding themselves in a particular way and we realize, oh, they're angry. But what we're really noticing is how they're holding themselves. So I realize this process is kind of reversing that dissociation that we have been programmed with. And mm-hmm. um, so instead of using the word sadness, I would feel those sensations in my body. I'd be aware of those sensations. And then I didn't feel like I needed to use EFT as much at that point. I could. I could have tapped on, you know, I feel this sadness in my chest. But I realized I could just actually hold my focused attention on the sensations themselves, on this tension in my chest. And so I I taught myself how to do it. It It's what I call feeling your feelings. There was someone in a group I was in, he said, said, you don't need to meditate. It's all about feeling your feelings. And he said this every week. And one week I thought, okay, I'm actually going to try and and do that. So so what exactly does it mean? How can I do that? And so I would be doing the dishes at the kitchen sink, and I would notice I'm thinking a thought that's got some emotions attached to it. And I would feel those sensations in my body. And then, okay, how do you actually feel them? But they were so used to being suppressed. If I would move, or even if I would take a deep breath, I would lose them. I, I couldn't find them anymore. So I realized what I had to do is find those sensations, that tension. And for me, it was often fear and in my stomach area. Mm. And I would think the thought, feel that tension in my stomach. And I had to hold myself like a statue. I, I stopped moving totally, and I wouldn't take a deep breath. I would feel that tension and then stop breathing right there. And then I would focus on that tension in my stomach, and I would talk to it because I wanted it to feel like it was accepted and it, that it was okay. So I would, I would talk to this tension. It's like I can feel this tension right in my stomach. I can feel this fear right there. 
and it's okay, I just want to feel you. And then I would need to take a deep breath at some point, and I would feel a shift happen. There would be like a release of this tension. And so then I would think the thought again and feel it again. It might, have, might, have, might be less intense. It might have moved somewhere else. I would feel it, do the same thing, stand like a statue until I needed to take a deep breath. And then I would do it over and over again with the same thought until the tension had totally released. And then that thought is free. To me, it just gave freedom to the thought. So I started doing this instead of tapping. So at night now, instead of doing the tapping on my childhood stuff, I would actually lay on the sofa and I would bring collective traumas to mind, like 9-11 or, you know, at this point we could do Ukraine. Um, I would feel all those emotions and those sensations inside my body and just feel them, allow them to be, and they would dissipate, do it over and over and over again. Right, so, so you this go is like back a deeper level. Thought, like for example, you think about Ukraine or think about the pandemic or whatever it is, and then you'd feel the sensations in your body, and then as you went back and forth, you know, to that, then you notice that the sensations in the body would shift and change. Did I get that right? Right, and decrease. Yes, yeah, until there's no emotion left anymore. Right, so so something like nine eleven becomes a story. Because that's what happened with my, finding my mother, right? It, it's just a story. It doesn't have any emotional charge left inside of me. So that was my aim, to let go of the charge. Because it really, to me, it really is a charge. It's part of the signal. And if, I'm, if I've got a charge around those things inside of me, then that's part of what I'm attracting into my future. And I wanted that to change. <laughs> so I wanted to let go of all these emotional charges sitting inside of me so that my signal could be more peaceful. Oh, I love this. I love, you know, the funny thing is that, uh, you know, in my Sensitivity is a Superpower book, I talk about stillness through observing internal movement. That's kind of like the chapter four, the most important chapter in the book. And so that I've discovered something similar, you know, along the way in my journey, uh, because I was never a very good meditator, classic meditator. Like I would not sit still mm-hmm. for 40 minutes or an hour or even 10 minutes, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to do the same thing every day. I would get bored and I would just give up. Uh, and I noticed that as I feel sensations in my body, that that was my easiest, quickest, fastest way to, you know, gain a different perspective and a shift in my life, a very positive shift. And so I've been doing it very recently in the last couple of years on when negative emotions would come up. Um, and I would, you know, when, when, once I remember, um, I would actually go, oh, what does that feel like in my body? And then I would focus on the different parts of my body, and then it would just be so interesting to t- basically direct my mind to tell it what to focus on so that I would feel these sensations in the body, and inevitably what would happen is that they would just go. And it's not like mm-hmm. I'm trying to make them go, as you know, not trying to make them go. They just You're just observing, you're just feeling, like you said, feeling those feelings in the body and fully accepting whatever the feeling is because I know it's not going to hurt me, it's not going to kill me, you know, and, and eventually right. it would just shift. And then when I went back to think about the scene, there was just neutral. Yeah, perfect. That's, that's, exactly, that's exactly what I was doing. Yeah, and it, 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 there, are, there is some form of meditation. I think that sounds like Vipassana meditation. I don't really know. I just heard that, that there is a form of meditation where you're feeling the sensations in the body. So, you know, it, it could be called, I suppose, meditation. 
Yeah, and I you feel know, like, like I, whatever people, whatever works. That's what I like to say. Whatever works. Right. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> just, right. But know, I like to be. And... I like to be doing something. Right. So I feel like as I'm doing it, and, and tell me if this feels the same to you, that I'm not actually using my thinking mind yes. so much, but my feeling mind. Yeah, yeah. The, the mind, uh, you know, there's only so many things that I can pay attention to simultaneously, right? So, so when I'm directing my mind to notice the feeling and sensations in my body, which I'm currently doing, um, that, that I have it busy enough, if you will, uh, focusing on those sensations, that it doesn't actually have, quote unquote, time to think about a lot of other things, like what am I going to have for lunch or, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's just like, okay, wait, wait, wait. It's like, like, just give me one thing. Okay, I'm focusing. Feel, oh, there's the feeling. You know, there's the sensation. There's a little buzz over here. There's a little tension over here. You know, and it's just being curious in that space. I have found this practice, what you're calling feeling your feelings, so incredibly empowering um, and simple and invisible. You know, like if people need, don't need to even know that you're doing it, it's really freed up so much in my life. Right. So so happy to you know that you're sharing this with us today yeah now now it will become easier down the road to multitask with it i i can i can watch tv and do anything else except talk <laughs> and do that at the same time so it does become easier but what i believe you this process is and what you're starting to do is the opening of the inner eye the opening of the third eye because it's a it's a ability to sense inside Right, so if you focus on the feeling, feeling the feeling rather than using the mind to describe the feeling right. and actually feeling it, yeah, that's, you're using the inner eye to do that, my belief. Okay, okay. yeah, I never thought about that. Um, mm. of well, that, neither did I. I didn't at the time. Yeah, <laughs> so sense. as I kept doing this, right, as I kept laying on the sofa and doing this um, collective trauma work, at some point, I noticed that I could keep my awareness inside my body after the tension had dissipated. Yes, yes. So the only way to kind of explain this um, is imagine you have a toothache or a stomachache. You can feel where that's coming from. You know where that pain is originating. But once the pain has dissipated, you can't focus on that place anymore because the pain is gone. Your, the focus has gone. And I recognized I could keep my awareness inside, uh -huh. which I'd never heard of before. It was something new, and I was kind of just playing. I, I, I just uh -huh. thought, okay, I did that one time. Can I do it again? <laughs> so I tried to do it again and realized, oh, I can, I can do it again. I can actually put my awareness inside my body. Yes. So then what can I do with that? So I started moving it around. Can I move my awareness around? And I realized I could. So I realized I could actually feel tension or no tension. So I'd find a place that I could feel tension and I would do the same thing. I would hold my attention on it and then it would dissipate. I'd do it again and again and again until that tension felt like it had released. And so I just started moving throughout my torso doing that on now a deeper level. And it took many months. But at some point, I was actually able to put my awareness inside my head, which, um, which actually blew my mind when I could because there was so much pain inside my left cheek that I could actually only hold my awareness on it for like a second or two. It was just too intense. And wow. the forces, when I became aware of the forces in my head pulling my skull out of alignment, it was just incredible. 
I'm never going to be able to explain to someone the extent of the forces that were pulling my skull out of alignment. And I remember years ago an orthodontist saying to me, because I used to have migraines, he <laughs> said to me, you must have a lot of tension in your head. And I said, uh-huh. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I had no idea. We're not shown the extent of the, um, you know, the, the pain of the forces until we're ready to deal with it. Right. So when I got into my head, I okay, <laughs> say that again. It's like extra information. You know, if we're not going to deal with it, the body's like, yeah, whatever. I'm just not going to give you that signal anymore. <laughs> right, right. I, you know, I go back to that phrase, God will only give you as much as you can deal with any, in any moment. So it's, it's like a layer-by-layer layer process. We let go of one layer and we're shown the next one. So I knew what to do at this point. So I would focus on the tension, let it go, focus again and again and again. At some point, I actually heard and felt something releasing it. It felt, it sounded like old fabric ripping Ooh. and felt like old fabric ripping. And that's when I started to do some research and I realized I'm actually moving my awareness through the connected tissue or the fascia. Yep. And it was a bond that was releasing. And it was a little scary. I didn't know what I was doing. I was kind of hoping I wasn't hurting myself. But I was just releasing tension. So I really knew that I couldn't be hurting myself. So I kept doing it. And, you know, over the, over the months, I would actually feel my bones start to relax more. And, you know, it wasn't until last year where I got the new x-rays taken from an orthodontist. And I have the comparison once from 2013. And to actually see the physical changes on an x-ray that I kind of knew were happening on the inside, but to see that, you know, my eye sockets have aligned, and I didn't even know those bones would move. I had no yeah, idea. Exactly. And my we jaw. That. Say that again? And we were taught that, 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 that adult bones can move like that. But they can. Yeah, they can. I mean, my jaw was way off to the side, and it's now more centered. And my neck, I have scoliosis, I think, from the childhood, being born with my right foot up against my right shin. My whole body's kind of twisted. And it's starting to untwist now. So my neck is straighter. You know, as you said, I've grown half an inch as a 55-year-old because I've been just releasing tension in, I believe, the connective tissue, which is throughout our body, right? And I know you've talked about it before, but to me it's just amazing how I can release tension in my left cheek and it might release some fascia in my right neck and yep. down to my right foot. Yep. So it's so connected. It's amazing. I mean, I have such huge respect that I didn't as a medical student um, <laughs> for fascia now. Um, and, you know, the process that you're talking about, Anne, you know, it is um, maybe challenging for, you know, people to hold their focus that long. So maybe you can share with us, like, how, how you were able to, to do that. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, when we have pain, especially when we have physical pain, we're aware of it because a lot of us in our tribe are very, very clairsentient. So we feel other people's stuff. So we feel a lot in our bodies already. So for us to focus on some discomfort is like, ah, you know, like we want to run away, we want to run away. So like, how do you deal with that? Right. Well, the ability to focus expands. It gets easier as you do more of this work, for sure. And, and really, it. I only fo- hold my focus on it for a few seconds, e- even today. Um, you know, at this point, I think things have actually loosened up enough that it, it does release easier, but it still only takes a few seconds of focused oh. attention. 
But to begin with, you know, I couldn't do that. That's why EFT is so great to begin with because you're using the words to bring the attention back each time. And you just, as long as you do all these things over and over again, right, with EFT you actually say the same things over and over again. With, um, with my mother's death, finding my mother, it's a story that has a beginning of me waking up in the morning and, you know, an end to the story. Um, and I would go back to the beginning of the story and do the whole story again and again and again. And each time it's opening up a little bit more of the subconscious mind. Some details of the story that I would have forgotten come to light. So the same thing happens at the deeper levels, right? We, it's so much a level-by-level level process. And it just takes going over it again and again, right? So I'll hold my attention on the, on the, the pain or the the tension for a few seconds, I'll feel a release, and then I'll go back and do it again and again and okay. again. Right, so we can be really patient with ourselves. We, you know, even if somebody is like, well, I'm not going to spend an hour like Ann did, <laughs> you, know, you know, to do that, even if they just spend a few seconds here and there, it's, I, I believe it's still beneficial. We don't have to. Right. Well, I think, again, I think it's the law of attraction, right? I, I, I know that that something like tapping or feeling our feelings is changing our signal. And any time we change our signal, we're changing our future. Yes. So that's why, yeah, I believe just doing it for a few seconds or a few minutes is changing us right now, and it's changing our future. Now, I really, really wanted things to change. So it depends how much people how want much to change. How much you want it. <laughs> Right, yeah. Well, how much you want it and how, how fast do you want it? <laughs> That's the other thing. Right. How much commitment, right. you know? Uh, if, if life yeah. is like, oh, it's pretty good, you know, some people may not be all that enthused to spend, you know, hours doing this, but on, on, on the other hand, if someone's really suffering from whatever's going on, then maybe that's a lot of, you know, uh, and let's just say motivation or incentive. Right. I mean, I believe that the more trauma we have in childhood, actually, the greater our capacity for spiritual growth. So, um, you know, we, I do think we also have more determination for things to change. Yes, and I, and I think that sometimes on a soul level we may even choose certain experiences or who knows, right, certain parents, certain, you know, so we can evolve and grow and change and shift. And as we do that, it actually, um, there's an energy and resonance of us doing it that helps possibly other people, if that's our role, to, to shift and, and grow and evolve as well. So you definitely were, if you believe, you know, chosen, if you will, or you chose your, you know, yourself, like what was to some degree what was going to happen in this lifetime so you could be who you are today and expand your message and, and, um, and you know, your experience to inspire other people um, so they don't have to feel stuck. So I appreciate Maybe. That. So let's talk a little bit about the spiritual aspect, right, that we, we touched on earlier. So I believe that I'm looking through the connective tissue, which has an electrical component to it. Mm. I believe that is where the soul resides in the body. Mm. And there's, there's tension, right? I'm noticing tension. And I believe that tension that we store inside of ourselves from our past distorts the signal from spirit. So that's how the ego comes through. I believe it's a distorted signal. So as we release this stuck energy from our past, I believe we're releasing our soul, releasing our ego, releasing our soul to be more comfortable in the body. And I believe once it's more comfortable in the body, it's likely to hang around in this body for longer. But I also think 
as we release the soul, the signal from spirit comes through much more easily. Yes, yes, I believe it does too. And in fact, when I've had my little conversations with Source uh, about the fascia and the fluid and the structured water, and you know, like I was getting that um, with with this expansion process of the whole galaxy, the whole universe, if you will, that these um, instructions, codes, light codes, whatever, they come through the top of our heads um, and throughout the body. Sometimes they they sometimes get stuck in these areas where there is what I would call fascial tension um, and they don't get distributed to where they necessarily need to go and also there's a system within us, some sort of spiritual system that interprets some of this positive light energy as well and so there can be a little bit of a lag time but as you're talking about, you know, these, these even, even minor uh, traumas, you know, t- even things that maybe not be huge anymore um, that might be, oh, so-and-so made fun of me in grade three. You know, like these little, so-called little things can cause that stuckness. And so as we peel back those layers and release, 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 then, yeah, like the, the soul, the spirit can flow within our bodies. And, and I like to say that that is our heaven on earth, grounded in our physicality, actually, instead of transcending mm. physicality and not having to have a body. For me, that higher spiritual plane is actually being here in the body and resonating our true being. That's my take on it anyway, for what it's worth. Yeah, I mean, I think we're supposed to be here to fully embrace this body in this lifetime. So, yeah, and one of the things, you know, based on what you just said, it's like I can now sense on the inside, I can sense tension and no tension, but I can also sense light and darkness. So I know that this tension that's stored in the connected tissue is the darkness because once it has gone underneath is light it's already light it's already positive underneath so that's why i know all we need to do is actually find the darkness and and that's why eft is such a great technique because it's it's really working with the negative right we think these days we shouldn't go to the negative but that's that's in my experience that's all we need to find is the negative yeah it's it's a beautiful bridge um especially for folks that are like, well, I don't, I don't feel anything in my body. <laughs> like they may not have any awareness just yet. Uh, and so it is a, is a great technique and it's, you know, well-established. I mean, gosh, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, you know, have successfully used EFT uh, to manage their emotions. And then what I love about our conversation is that that next stage that you went through, which I totally, totally love, um, and I call it stoem for stillness through observing internal movement for negative emotions, the so stoem for negative emotions. And because uh, it, it, it takes some discipline to remember to do it, of course, but at the same time, the results are profound. And I don't know about you, Anne, but you know, that inner peace we talked about, it's like automatic. You don't have to try to go into inner peace. It just happens. And then I also noticed that guidance, if you will, of, of just like intuition, guidance, like it seems just to be on so it, it, right. you don't have to, again, try to be intuitive when you're in that place and you're just feeling your feelings. I just notice that things, just ideas, uh, thoughts, sometimes visions just drop in and it helps me with my decision making. Right. And that's because I, I believe you're tuning into spirit there. Right? It, it's, it's just natural. And as you do it more and more, so you're at the place where it, it you have changed your being and that's what I wanted I I didn't want to have to do try and do something try and meditate try and do something every day I wanted to be 
I want yes. you to be a different person. Right. I, I love that. I love that. One of my art teachers used to say, uh, I think it was Yoda, right? <laughs> there was no try. There was only do or do not do. <laughs> right. Well, even when you think about positive thinking, these right, right, people talk about toxic positivity. That's because you're trying to think a different thought than you're actually thinking. Right. What, yeah. you, what you do in that moment is you suppress the actual thought, whereas if we actually accept the actual thought and let that go, a naturally positive thought will arise in its place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's great. Um, let's talk a little bit about your book. And before we do that, I want to just share with folks that they just tune in a little bit later that your website is anhins.com, A-N-N-H-I-N-C-E-L, one word, dot com. And the book, it, you can get it on Amazon and other retailers. It's called Pathway, uh, whoops, sorry, here we go, A Pathway to Insight, Recapture Your Childhood Buzz. And that was released in November of 2020. And uh, so we'll, we'll link this uh, as well underneath some of our show notes um, in various social media, but it's there. So a pathway to insight, recapture your childhood buzz. Uh, so yeah, Anne, you can um, maybe share a little bit about you know what's in the book um, and uh, what folks sure. can gain from reading it. Okay, yeah, no, it's actually released on 11-11-2020 at 11-11 and 11 seconds a.m. <laughs> Just for those who like numbers. Oh, yeah, that's our group. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, my book uh, talks about my story. It talks about my understanding of the law of attraction and how we store all our memories in the connective tissue, um, which is my belief from my experience. And then I talk through the different steps that I took, so the EFT and then the feeling, the feelings, and then the insights, the opening of the, the inner eye. Um, and, and I explain all the, the kind of weird things that happen along the way because when the body's had energy stuck in it for such a long time, some, some things happen. It starts to release in ways that you might not um, imagine. Oh, boy. <laughs> <At least I haven't. laughs> interesting. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's, that's great. Well, I'll definitely have to, uh, Anne, I'll have to connect you to um, my, my friend, uh, Deanna Hansen, and her nephew, uh, Quinn Kesselane, who are uh, teachers of the block therapy because they have a podcast called The Fascia Masters. And I think they would love to hear your perspective of, of this because uh, it's just in alignment with what, you know, they're sharing with their tribe. So I'll remember to do that after we, uh, <laughs> after we uh, share the show. Um, That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see. Make sure I am just making sure that, yes, I have your website here. Um, you're also on Facebook. You also have a YouTube channel. And uh, let's have you share a little bit about, like, you know, um, how people um, work with you if they want to work with you or, you know, if they want to connect, how, how best to do that. Sure. Um, I have demos on my YouTube channel, so you can learn how to do EFT if you want to, um, or feeling your feelings. I have a demonstration on there, so you can um, walk through it yourself. Um, I do sometimes work with individuals, but what I'm really trying to do is spread my story. So if anyone who is listening would like to have me speak at something somewhere, um, then please contact me. You can get in touch with me through my uh, website or through my public Facebook page. I love explaining on things on there. I love interacting with people on there, so I'm happy to do that. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's great. Um, so, Anne, is there anything you would like to 
additional to share with our tribe, um, words of wisdom, anything like that before we close for today? One thing I'd love people to realize is that we often think things are happening around us and we have no, no control over that whatsoever, but there's so many things happening outside of ourselves, and our part of any of that is how we feel about it. So you know, we might see maybe two other people arguing, or we might be listening to the news, and we might think there's nothing we can do. But we can. We can always notice how we're feeling about it. Now, sometimes it is suppressed, and we don't think we're feeling anything, but we probably are. And even taking a deep breath at that point is going to change yourself to more of a peaceful signal, and then that's going to change your future and everyone else's future. So we always have more controls than we think we do. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I highly agree with that. And our, um, I'll have to, there's a new meme that just popped up into my head. Our resonance is our responsibility. <laughs> Not everybody would get that one, but, <laughs> but I know you would. Uh, and it's been a huge pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for sharing what you've shared and incredibly valuable and uh, wishing you, you know, all the best. And let's, let's promote you and your, your book out there. And, um, Let's change the world together. Woohoo! Absolutely. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Until next time, lots of love, everyone. Bye for now.